This is the Kindness and Happiness Connection with Dr. Elia Gorgoris, the Happiness Doctor, and Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver. Join us weekly with our invited guests as we share actionable kindness and happiness tips, insights, and inspiration to promote personal and professional well-being. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. I'm Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver, joined by my amazing co-host, the Dr. Elia Gorgoris, the Happiness Doctor. We are delighted to have the opportunity to have the amazing Elaine Jacks in the house with us. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing this morning, Elia? You know, I'm so excited to have Elaine back because this is back by popular demand. Elaine, so good to see you again from sunny Southern California. Where it's 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 a little toasty there, and and the rest of us in the country are trying not to be jealous while while uh, the people there are wishing it was a little cooler. But uh, Elaine, how are you doing this morning? I am doing wonderful. Thank you both so much. You two are some of my favorite gentlemen from LinkedIn, so it is my honor to be back. Well, it's my privilege to just give a brief introduction of you, and for our audience's sake. Elaine is a leadership presence and leadership development coach who supports career and senior level leaders to BEMA, BEMA, become even more amazing through dividing up their really big goals into 1% action steps that can be implemented starting today. And Elaine does so much more than that, but she's very modest and wouldn't allow us, wouldn't give us any more for a bio. So we're going to get to hear a lot more from her though now. Uh, Elia, why don't you go ahead and throw out that first question because we need to ask her this. Yes, and the topic for today's discussion is continue to be, to be even more amazing and thrive in the face of challenges. So question number one, Elaine, is why are kindness and happiness important to you? And how do they tie into you know kindness and happiness both personally and professionally in your life, in your family, and with your clients? <laughs> You guys ask such tiny, easy, simple, yes, no questions. This is a soft pitch. <laughs> You're going to get tougher, Elaine, so watch out. <laughs> I'm warming up with this one. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is evoked conversation, so right. here we go. <laughs> So thank you again. I do appreciate the honor to be here. And that is a wonderful question. And I think it's, of course, very apropos based on the title of this show and what both of you gentlemen focus on. But for me, I think my focus is that happiness is something that has to come from within us. If we are looking for it outside of us, then we always need more. Whereas if it's a warm glow, as I like to say, that emanates out from you, then you're helping shine light or to use Randy's word, kindness on other people's paths. And that's how I like to think of how those two things go together both in our personal settings and in our professional settings. So for me, I like to find ways to be grateful and be happy from within and then share that light out in ways that I like to say are my kind ways um, to use both of your guys' words. Awesome. That's, you know, that, that's right in line with uh, what Elia and I are continually talking about. You talk about becoming and being even more amazing. You know, when we spoke to you last June, we discussed BEMA and what it stands for. We also discussed U plus 1%. Can you give us a quick refresher on those topics and then explain how you've utilized your own coaching techniques 
to help you thrive following some fun injuries that you had last fall. And I use that term fun uh, totally sarcastically. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we will take the first part of that question first, which is my coaching philosophy starts with you plus 1% today, which is taking you and saying, what small thing can we add today? Not someday, the someday that never comes on your calendar. And how can we take that so that your future has you becoming even more amazing? So that is my focus. And my philosophy is that all of us have gotten to the places where we are in life um, because we are already amazing. So I like for people to know inherently that I already think you're amazing. And now let's work together to help you become even more amazing. So that's that part of it. Uh, the second part that you alluded to, we, we had a little chat which um, your audience is not going to be privy to all of that, (laughs) that I did have a series of injuries um, as I was sharing with these lovely gentlemen. Um, I, I, I had a fall uh, due to a, what in the hospital we call a syncopal episode. I fainted and um, did some damage to my face and uh, in the recovery from that, I also gave myself pneumonia and uh, then got bit by a black widow spider. So <laughs> I, I don't do things uh, simply. I, I need to do things in a very you know nice, complex way. Well, so, things usually come in three. So you're right on par for that. All three I'm of them. Right on par for that. Yes. So I got my three in, no problem. So the recovery from that was pretty intense. I had difficulty even just setting up. And um, for people who were paying close attention, I did have to take some time off of LinkedIn simply because I could not sit up and breathe at the same time. And so either holding a phone or sitting at my laptop just wasn't possible. So I was actually off LinkedIn, I think for a couple of weeks and just trying to breathe, just trying to deal with being me inside of my body at that point. So for me, it was reminding myself that there is something good that comes from every experience. And one of the things that I hadn't been doing well um, up to that point was taking really good care of myself. I was really good at taking care of everybody else. And suddenly that all came to a screeching halt when what I had to focus on was just trying to breathe and sit up and do basic life functions. And so that's how I applied it for myself was what was one thing that I could do to help myself today to heal, to grow and to learn from this experience and say, what do I need to do differently going forward other than you know making sure i don't spend time with spiders but (laughs) you know what's really interesting about that elaine is that as i'm looking back at the last year since last june when we had the first interview with you is that all three of us randy you and myself have also shifted because of life's events Mm -hmm. to practicing more self-care i know randy had a major heart episode that really shook him up quite a bit and he recognized that he had to change his life in a significant way you know, I've had my own struggles and, and challenges as well. And, and you know, kind of came to the realization that over the last 35 years in, in my work, I've been giving out, I would say 80% of my energy has gone out and only 20% has gone towards Ilya and, and realizing that that's not sustainable forever. Like I have to, I have to balance those. I'm still going to serve and love just like you do and just like Randy does because that's who we are. We're kind people, we're loving people. But that also has to return back to some kind of self-care better self-care so as you're describing like that's interesting all three of us have gone through the same process somewhat you know with the heart challenges i had i'm laying there in the hospital bed you know the day the night before they were gonna doing an angiogram and uh, i had no idea what they were gonna find and then 
the night after, after they had done it. And, you know, I find out they had to put a stent in my heart. I had a blockage in my Widowmaker artery that they had to open, you know, and I had three other arteries that were okay, but I'm laying there and I'm thinking, okay, I call myself the kindness giver. And I really do try to be kind to other people, but I am not being very kind to myself. And, you know, I, I've even shared, I've shared in on podcasts and other things, a little song, you know, I want to be kind to everyone for that is right. You see. So I say to myself, remember this kindness begins with me. Well, I <laughs> was, you got to walk the talk. Yeah. Well, and, I, and since then, I mean, it really was a wake up call and I've kind of used your philosophy. I mean, what, what I'm thinking about what are, what are one or two things that I can change that are going to make, you know, things a lot better. One thing was changing my eating habits. Hasn't been easy, but I, I've had to change my eating habits, what I eat and how much I eat. Maybe that's not one or two things, but that, because that's a big deal. But the other thing was doing my exercise and if we're not taking good care of ourselves. It's really hard to be around to t- help other people and, and do the things that we were really meant to be here for. Yeah, absolutely. And Randy, I'm just so glad you're okay. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Mike. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, anyway, so Elia's got another uh, question that's burning. I, I do, right because now. I think like so much has happened since last June. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've all been affected in multiple ways as a result of the pandemic, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So Elaine, as a coach, what advice or counsel have you shared with your clients during the pandemic to help them stay focused and to continue to progress even 1% at a time? You've hit the nail on the head with that last part. And that is all of us, I think in different ways have felt out of control. You know, we've been told stay in your homes and do these things and restrict your movements and and all of that, which is appropriate, but it, it can, for a lot of us feel like, well, yes, exactly. You look lovely in your mask too. (laughs) And And it, it's something that I have sort of referred to as COVID clarity that a lot of us Mm. have had that sense of, okay, there are things that have completely changed in our lives and how, how do I want that to continue or not as the case may be. And so just saying, okay, we've, if, if you will, I haven't described it this way before, but, you know, put on the COVID clarity glasses and then how are we looking at life? What is most important to us? And uh, for me, one of the things that I did was I had been commuting three to four hours a day to go to my hospitals that I worked at. And when that came to uh, an abrupt halt, I thought, well, I can replace some of that time with actually walking. And so I think just in the first couple of months of COVID, I wore out a couple pairs of shoes because I walked over 500 miles, I think, because I was walking three to four hours a day. Wow. Goodness. That, wow. That, that was more than 1%. I'm going to promise you. <laughs> that was way more than 1%. Like. But- <laughs> but but I, in your day. No. Yes, exactly. So I thought, well, you know, I've been sitting and commuting, so why not do something with that time? And it, not that I didn't have other things to do, but that was that was a way that I reinvested in myself and have, of course, because of my injuries, had to scale way back on that. Couldn't even get out of bed for a while. Uh, but it it's something that I've encouraged those that I have been honored to work with just to say, let's be really clear on what are our priorities now and things have abruptly changed. And then how do we take that forward? What things do we want to keep and what things maybe weren't that important that we thought were so, so important? Well, I I love what you said about clarity glasses. Isn't it interesting how challenges help 
to bring things that are important into greater focus and greater clarity. I mean, so like I was saying that night, I'm, I'm laying there in the hospital. I'm thinking about, I all of a sudden had all these analogies about my heart and, and life and things coming to my mind and, and thinking about my family and the people I want to be around for. And it's these types of challenges. They really do help you focus on the things that are most important and be able to clear away the extraneous things. And what are your thoughts, Elia? My thoughts are, I, I, I feel like I know the pandemic has been really hard for millions of people. I know how many people have died, how many people have got sick, you know, even in the self-care industry, you know, doctors, nurses, people in the front lines and so on. But I also think there's another side of it, in, in which is, and I've heard that from so many people that the pandemic has been a blessing in my life or in my family or in my, because it's really called a timeout on this mortal journey that I, you know, I've had, whether I've lived here for 20 years, 50 years, or 80 years, it forced me to stop. And it forced me to think very clearly and deeply and mindfully what's really important in our lives. And I think that's happened on an individual and collective level across the globe. So it's just a unique year in, in our lives. And we can't come out of it better than we were before. I, I, I sincerely believe that. It has been really hard. We've all paid a huge price, whether it's financially, health-wise, and so on. I mean, we had a big scare. My wife was sick for three weeks in bed, like bedridden with COVID. All my kids got COVID. I probably got it, but I don't know it. Or I'm Superman, one of the two. You know, <laughs> you know? but the exposure, you know, and there are people that have, I have a, my best childhood friend that called me on April Fool's Day and said, this is not a joke, but his younger sister died of COVID that I've known since she was seven years old. Oh my gosh. Another death. So it's a heavy subject. But there's always a blessing in disguise. I do believe that if we can see it that way for what it is. And that's not to minimize people's pains or losses, by the way, when I say that. None of us, I don't think, want to minimize those things. That We all know that really, it's it's like, this has been a mental, emotional, and spiritual exercise. In a lot of ways, physical exercise. And we know that when we exercise physically, the reason we do it is so that we can, especially with our muscles, we tear our muscles. We, we, we tear them and, and break them down so that they can rebuild and they come back stronger and bigger. And so when we go through challenges, if, if we can maintain the captain's mindset or the navigator's mindset and, and focus on the things that, that are most important, which isn't easy, but focus on those things that we have control of. And that's how we, that's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we get better. If we didn't have any challenges, we we'd be like uh, walking couch potatoes. I don't know. It, it, and I feel like Elaine, like you nailed it when you said, you know, you have to come back to greater self-care for yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's what we try to teach to our clients. Yeah. Well, so here's the next question. I've watched gone back and watched some of your interviews and it's in several of your interviews, you shared quotes and stories of people who've had a profound impact on your life, taking a little bit of different tack here. So can you share one of those experiences that impacted you at a younger age and still impacting you today? Well, thank you for doing your homework. I'm, I'm humbled and honored. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that has made a really huge impact on my life and from two different perspectives as I have uh, grown in wisdom, let's say it that way, (laughs) is I had a professor in my bachelor's program who said to us, you cannot take credit for what you do right if you do not take responsibility for what you do wrong. And I think when I was younger, 
that was, I took that from the standpoint of, you know, oh, I'm doing all these things and everything's going so well. And, you know, you think you're invincible and, and all of these things and to recognize, okay, yeah, it's, it's great for you to take credit for what you're doing. Right. But the flip side of that is you need to own your mistakes because of course, as we uh, gain wisdom, we understand that that's how we learn and that's how we grow. The interesting thing is, is that in my mind has also shifted to the other perspective as, as I've gotten older and to say that there are times when we beat ourselves up and we do that really, really well. And so we're taking lots of responsibility for every little tiny thing that we have not done well, but that we also need to be kind to ourselves and recognize that we aren't complete abject failures, that we have done things right and that we are doing things well. And so to make sure that while we're accepting, you know, huge shovelfuls of stuff that we throw at ourselves of, you know, I did this wrong or, oh, I said that, but that we also have done things that are, that are good and that have helped and that we can accept credit for that as well. You really, uh, you really hit the nail on the head, particularly, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, sharing that uh, story because f first we're all 100% responsible for us, right? I mean, we have to take responsibility for our lives and for the things that we do and, and recognize the good things that we're doing, but also own, you know, when we do make mistakes and it's not easy because especially when it comes to the, 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 what you were talking about, self-criticism, I mean, who do we spend 100% of our time with ourselves? And so it's, it's, it's super easy to beat ourselves up. Of course, I never do that because, you know. I'm perfect, except yes, for the fact that I lie about being perfect. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not it's not an easy thing, and so being able to step back and say, okay, yeah, I've made mistakes and 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 own them, but I am okay. I can overcome. I can learn from those mistakes, and I can go forward and do better. And recognizing that every one of us has intrinsic worth that that makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. So. You talk about that and, and you said it's, it's still impacting you today. How does that impact what you do as a coach and how you interact with other people? I think both, both personally, it's something that, and I'm guessing for most of us, we have some ebb and flow where we're doing really good and everything's going really well. And like, oh, I did that little thing and, you know, okay, sure, I'll own it. But then we also have those times, you know, the highs and lows where we get into a, a state where we're beating ourselves up an awful lot. And so in my own life, being able to take it from one of those two perspectives, depending on where I'm at to make sure I don't get so like, oh, full of myself and I'm doing everything fabulously. And also that I'm not doing the complete beating myself into a pulp where I'm not able to give off light to anybody else because I'm just this little pile. And so that's how I have taken it into my own life is to remind myself of it, depending on what I need in those moments is, is sort of a modifying factor or moderating factor is the word I actually wanted to use there to, to make sure that I don't get to either extreme. Um, because I think it's pretty easy, especially with COVID to, if you start down one path and usually it's in the negative direction, it's really easy just to keep spiraling in that direction. 
So that is something that I've done for myself and also encouraging my clients to let's take this, we won't call it a mistake. We'll call it a learning opportunity. Let's take this learning opportunity. What can we learn and grow from it? And also for those clients who are really um, being very harsh on themselves to say, I want you to say three things that you appreciate about yourself or that other people have said about you, um, you know, to encourage that self-love, self-care, self-respect so that you don't spiral out of control in that direction. And just to kind of help impart that um, moderating effect into others' lives as well. In some ways, not too high, not too low is what you're saying. Try, try to stay even keel as much as you can during all these difficult times. Now, you talk about the importance of showing up as your best self. Now, why is that important? And what impact does that have on those around you when you do show up as your best self? I like to talk about that because it's it's one of those, I'm going to say a hard goal sometimes because you think, oh, I could have done better. That that whole self-beating piece, you know, oh, I could have done that better. I could have said that, you know, more correctly or something. But showing up as your best self, I like the quote that says, do what you, oh, and I'm going to totally botch this, but it's, it's something along the lines of do what you know how to do. And then when you know how to do it better, then do it better. And that sort of feeds into that plus 1% part that I like to talk about, which is do your best now. And then when you know how to do better, do better. And don't expect yourself to have Olympic level of excellence about something that you're just starting out as. Do what you know how to do now. And when you've added to that, then do that. Don't just keep falling back on, well, you know, I've always been a couch potato. So I'm going to still say on the, on the couch. Okay, we got that. We know how to do that. We know how to show up as our best couch potato self. Let's try. How about showing up as our best self who walks across the room every day? <laughs> just to use a very silly example. I read a wonderful article and I'm super not going to remember where I read it. I think it may have come from Whitney Johnson, but I'm not sure on that where she talked about a question and I actually have it up on my wall. It, it says, who do I want to be right now? And that's just a, this lovely little reminder that says, how do I want to show up right now? Who do I want to show up as? And I like it, that a lot, actually. That's a great question. You know, it, who do I want to be right now? Because the only thing I control is right now, not the, yeah. I, certainly not my past and not the future, but I do control what happens right now. Yeah. I like that. So I've, I've really taken that in and obviously put up a little sticky note where I can see it. And just to remind myself, okay, for this conversation, who do I want to be right now? For the next thing I have, who do I want to be in that, that moment? To set the intention, um, as I like to talk about it. So that's what I like to say is about showing up as your best self. Who do you need to be for the situation that you're going into right in this moment to show up as your best self? And of course, I don't, I don't think anyone really says, how can I do this really horribly right now? I don't think any of us sets that intention. I think later when we beat ourselves up, that's what we think we thought, but, <laughs> but just showing up as your best self is who, who do you want to be right And now? when you do that, what's the impact that it has on those around you, your loved ones, your clients, even strangers, even when you show up as your best self? So I'm going to use the example that I just hinted at, and that's that sometimes the gift, the best gift that we can give someone else is just to be fully present, to not be doing the, I'm looking at my phone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cause no one believes that you're actually present in that moment, but to show up as your best self. Some, I know exactly. I'm, I'm sorry, Randy. Did I interrupt you? 
So, so really sometimes being your best self is just being yourself in that moment and actually being there, being present, being present. You know, you, you made me think of one of my favorite quotes. Uh, it's, it's, and it says this by a wonderful man named Dallin H. Oaks. It says, desires dictate our priorities. Priorities shape our choices and choices determine the, our actions. Mm-hmm. The desires we act on determine our changing, our achieving, and our becoming. And the reason it made me think about that, because, you know, when we desire to show up as our best selves, we're going to think about, oh, what does that mean? And we're going to determine what the actions are that we need to take in order to be able to show up as our best selves every time. Elia is a great example of this. You know, he didn't know I was going to say that, but he is. You know, we've had conversations where I know he's been going, you know, when his wife was going through her challenges, he's had challenges with friends, losing loved ones. And we'll be on a call and talking about that. And then he comes on with me on the interviews and he's his best self. He's there. He's He's present. He's happy. He doesn't mean he may know that he's not having challenges inside, but he brings his best self to the table all, you know, nearly all the time. I don't know that I've ever been, been on a call or anything with him where he hasn't been his best self. No, I kind of feel like every interview is, is unique, just like every, uh, you know, webinar or a podcast, you know, when I get interviewed and I feel like the audience hasn't heard this before. So it's new. So I, I owe that to the audience to bring my, my best self. I think it's the right thing to do, regardless of what's happening in my own personal life. Now, sometimes I'll disclose some of that and just to be transparent and authentic and real, but you still need to show up and just try to be your best self because you owe that to your audience and to the people that you serve and the people that you love. It's not always easy, but I'm always, I'm mindful that this is a first for them. You know, imagine if you're like in, on Broadway, right? You do 365 plays or shows a year. Well, guess what? That's Tuesday night in September. The people in there, they've never seen you before. So you got to come, you got to show up, right? It's the same thing the principle we used to use in customer service. I was network network operations manager. And, you know, some of the guys that I worked with had to work with different customers. You know, you're on one call and a customer can be a cranky, not so nice person. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't take that call into the next call. Right. You right. have to show up as your best self for every call, regardless of what the one per- the one person might have said to you, and if they upset you, if you need to take a minute or something to deflate, that's fine. But you have to show up as your best self for every call, and 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 so it's a great principle. It's a great thought, and it goes right along with become even more amazing. You know, you, can you, I add one more thing about Elena about your best self? I think when we do that we also model the behavior for others to say, okay, so this is what it looks like to show up as your best self, right? Because, you know, when you're in a position of other leadership, forget leadership, influence, right? And we're all in a position of influence. We have our own sphere of influence, right? So people are watching. So we can model that behavior, whether it's for our kids or our friends or family members or clients and so on. So that's part of showing up as your best self is the modeling aspect of it that helps other people. Yeah. It makes a difference. Your example makes a difference. Right. Oh my goodness, Elaine. This has been such a great conversation. We so, so appreciate you coming on with us. We're at that point where we want to ask, what are three simple tips that you would share with our audience right now? Oh, that's such a great question. So I actually am going to dovetail off of what both of you gentlemen have said. 
And Brandy, for you, from a customer service standpoint, one of the things that I have been uh, found very helpful because I used to work in a customer service role as well, where um, I was the recipient of several volumes of <laughs> vented spleens. Um, and, and so one of the things that really helped me along the way, I attended a seminar and they said, pause and think of three things that have nothing to do with you that may be the reason that person is upset. And that can help reduce the defensiveness. So when you said that, I thought, oh, I'm going to share that tip. Um, <laughs> if I have a moment, I'm going to share that tip. It's, it's that idea of, did they have a flat tire on their way to work? Did their boss yell at them? Did they spill coffee on them right before they got on the call with you? And those can help you have that sense of empathy and compassion for them, even though they may be completely unloading the left side of their brain on you <laughs> is, is a way to just take a little moment, have compassion for them and for yourself and get through it. That helped me an awful lot. And now Elia, you said something and I super wanted to give a tip on that. Can you refresh my mind? Yeah, was, was it about like showing up as your best self? You model that behavior for others? Yes, yes, yes. I knew Thank it. You so much. Thank you so much. Brilliant. I was like, trying to hold Brilliant. on to those, both of those yes. things and I wanted to, <laughs> wanted to take them. So another way that I like to say is showing up as your best self is how we do that self-talk and self-talk isn't always completely obvious, you know, a lot of things rattle around in our heads that's not obvious, but the nonverbals of when we're beating ourselves up is also a model to other mm. people. And so if you're going oh, and you do something like that, somebody else sees that and says, oh, when I make a mistake, I need to beat myself up literally or figuratively. Yes, exactly. The face, the face palming thing. And so making sure that you're mindful of that model, part of showing up as your best self is how do you handle things that are disappointing to you that are uh, moments of opportunities for learning? Um, how do you handle that? Because that helps other people who are in your sphere of influence understand what good self-talk and good learning through that. So instead of smacking yourself in the forehead to say, what can I learn from this? And to verbally or just non-verbally show other people in your sphere of influence that it's okay to take a moment and think about it and go, okay, so I understand that I just made this you know, error or whatever, and then go on, but can see that nonverbal portion of it. And that also is a way to show up as your best self is to be a little bit kinder to yourself because other people read that as your modeling as a leader or as someone they look up to about how to deal with mistakes or learning opportunities. So that's two. <laughs> can, third... I, can I actually say something about that? Because it just triggered me, you know, what Nelson Mandela said about, there's no such thing as failure. He said, either I'm winning or I'm learning. Yeah. And it's so yeah. simple. Like, yeah, right. So simple. Like either I'm winning or I'm learning. That's it. No failures. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you asked for three things. And uh, one of the one of the things that I thought would be appropriate based on what we were talking about earlier is just being very mindful that there's a there's a fairly strong statement that says you can't truly love care or respect about somebody else unless you do that for yourself first. And that can be really hard, especially for people who are naturally givers to be able to accept that. 
And to say that you really, truly can't love, care, or respect somebody else. And you can deposit other words into that statement as well that also fit if you don't do that for yourself first. Because, you know, the, the statement of you can't serve from an empty cup, serving from the overflow means that you are okay. And you're well taken care of. And what you're giving is from the outflow of that rather than I'll try and I have nothing left, but I'm still giving to you, which is more likely to give you resentment and exactly. to also take more from your soul than you're able to replenish. Right. I can't help but think of the statement, you can't give water from a dry sponge. Yeah. And what do sponges do when they're all dry? They, they shrivel up and, and, and get, you can squish them into a little tiny ball. Yeah can't give water from an empty cup. You can't give water from a dry sponge. Great, great insights, Elaine. Thank you so much. Any final thoughts, Elia? I just love having you here because I mean, seriously, I know this is the second time and uh, I just, we could talk for hours, literally for hours. We could. You know that? And, and I know that the, the show has to come to a close for now, but we're so just very, so grateful for you. And I'm glad you're, you've recovered fully. You look great. Oh, thank so whatever you. What happened when you fell down and you fainted? I mean, you look great. So it, it's <laughs> the sunshine smile is still there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a few scars, but you know it's okay. We 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 are we are arriving to the end of our life, showing we actually lived. So <laughs> next time you start feeling a little woozy or whatever, make sure you're not next to a soft couch and sit down first before you keel over, so you're not. <laughs> grateful. <laughs> thank you so much, Elaine, for being on and with us. We want to thank our audience for joining us today. We're so grateful uh, to have you take the time out of your day to listen to this great conversation and stay tuned for the next episode where we will have the opportunity to speak with another a great guest, Steve Lutz. He's a high energy professional with an MA in industrial and organizational psychology. He's been through some tremendous challenges in his life and yet he maintains the ability to have a positive and optimistic attitude. You're not going to want to miss this conversation. Thank you again for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. If you have suggestions for guests or discussion topics, please send a message via our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash kindness hyphen happiness or send an email to randy at randymcneely.com with the subject podcast suggestion. Remember, kindness is a choice. And happiness is a choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.